The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org.
Just in time. All right. Let's go ahead and get started. Call the meeting to order here. Um, oh, thank you very much. Use from the curb. Um, we currently have uh, 10 members of the ECC, um, and we'll talk about that a little bit later about new uh, possible new membership. Um, and we have six present. Uh, Dr. Meliwish is an unexcused absence. I have not heard from him, um, but I did hear from Rob Lucas and uh, Joe Bauer, uh, who cannot make it tonight. They had uh, other engagement. And it appears that we are live streaming and we should have audio working. So if folks are uh, listening at home or online or listening to the, the meeting later, um, everybody should be able to see and hear us. Um, I did send out a draft agenda um, for everybody. I didn't really get any, I got a couple of notes back to add a few things. Um, I did have uh, Monica Brothers from our air quality agent from uh, Eagle was supposed to come tonight. Um, she emailed me yesterday to let me know that she had been exposed to COVID and did not want to um, and did not want <laughs> and did not want to risk it. Um, so I have invited her to next month's meeting. However, we do have Director Baker coming to speak to us at next month's meeting um, about uh, about uh, flood mitigation, large scale flood mitigation. Um, uh, plan that is uh, still kind of in the planning stages. So that's what I'm hoping he can focus on next month. And uh, hopefully uh, Monica can come and, and speak to us um, about the Eagle drone study. Although my understanding is that there there isn't there isn't a, the analysis of that data, that raw data has not been completed by Eagle yet. And that's not being done by Monica. So even if she was had been able to come tonight, I don't think she would have been able to give us the answers, I, I think, to some of the questions we might have had. Yeah. I think that her supervisor, um, there, there was another name, I, it's in the email, I can't remember the, um, uh, the person above her at Eagle is still working on that, that analysis. So, um, and I'm, I assume that once that analysis is done, it would be um, posted publicly on the Eagle website. So, are there any, um, any other questions, additions, deletions? Uh, substitutions to the agenda. We're looking, there's only one screen. Yeah, what was just showing that? It's not what's going out over the way. I did, yeah, under new business, I have urban bird treaties. So we'll chat about that. Oh, good. Tonight. Okay. okay. Otherwise, okay. You and then if you wanted to chat about the difference between a committee and a board, we've, we've got time to do that too. We can kind of put that into review code of order. Okay. Mm -hmm. So is there a motion to approve the agenda? The live stream right now. The motion. Second. Okay. All in favor? All opposed? Okay, the agenda is uh, agreed. Uh, approval of August meeting minutes. Were there any, um, anybody notice anything, any corrections that needed to be made to the August meeting minutes? Um, we'll give it, we, we typically give it about another week. Um, and then I will email um, our, will, will I still be emailing um, the, the previous uh, note taker or the, the current note taker because we're switching over the new uh, one. The new one, okay. Yeah, uh, Miss Rutherford, right? Um, so I'll email her with any changes, uh, corrections that need to be made to the agenda meeting minutes. Uh, meeting minutes. Um, but hearing none, um, and with that caveat that we've still got a week to make uh, 
changes are there? Is there a motion to approve the August meeting? Okay, all approved. Anybody? Uh, the August meeting minutes are taken care of. Announcements. Any announcements? What's going on uh, in Kalamazoo, environmentally speaking? Uh, Friday, WMU's Office of Sustainability is doing a sustainability bash at I think, noon. So uh, a lot of organizations are going to be there. So if anybody wants to show up, uh, free to attend. Where is that? Uh, at the office, which is on the corner of Michigan and uh, Drake, uh, kind of by the roundabout. There used to be a WME bookstore, but now it's the Office of Sustainability. Oh, okay. When's that? Friday, I think at noon. Yeah. And they do that annually. In the Bernhardt Center? Where the nope, bookstore at, used to be? Uh, right at the office itself. Um, it, it used to be a bookstore until like 10 years ago or something. Oh, okay. Uh -huh. um, okay. Yeah, oh, oh. Corner Powered and Council. Okay, I know where you're oh, talking Howard, about. Oh, Powered, I'm sorry. Powered yeah. Powered in Michigan. <laughs> yeah. Powered in Michigan. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Okay, that's for the sustainability office. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Mm -hmm. They also do free bike services. Your bike. Cool. Okay. Yep. Cool. Sure. Uh, we'll have another meeting before then, but October 22nd is the next uh, EPS and electronic recycling drop off at Mayor's Riverfront Park. Okay. Ten to one. Celebrating that Stadium Drive is now navigable again. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Very cool. <laughs> right. Are you there? Yes, I am. Hey, do you have a comment for the Environmental Concerns Committee this evening? 
Yes, I do. This is Brandy Crocker Johnson. Um, hey, Brandy. I'm calling because, hey, how you doing? Um, I, like, I'm not trying to scold anybody, and it seems like I have to, it seems like I come off that way a lot, but I have to fight for environmental justice every single day. I have to meet with EPA. I have to meet with Eagle. I have to meet with lawyers. I have to meet with doctors. I have to meet with Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. And this is it's not every day, every single week. So I'm the one that knows exactly what is going on here. You guys, this is an environmental concern committee, which means the only thing that should be a concern is the environment and the fact that you guys actually have an environmental justice community in Kalamazoo. You have an environmental justice hotspot in Kalamazoo. There is a 14-year death gap. There is a huge black death gap. And these people live in the north side next door to two very, very hazardous facilities. This committee, which I on until I found out there was a few this letter that was drafted to reporters, not to report on bad air quality. And, you know, it's very concerning to me that maybe we need some people of color on the Environmental Concerns Committee. It would be cool to get some people of color from the neighborhood on the Environmental Concerns Committee, people that are actually suffering from environmental harm. Um, because I just don't think that this committee really understands the seriousness of the health issues from environmental harms that are happening in the north side. I moved to Kalamazoo in 2012. I did not have asthma before I moved to Kalamazoo. I had severe asthma from living there for eight years myself. My family members all have my in-laws. There's at least 50 of them, or if not more, because the children are starting to be diagnosed for it. My, my niece is a nephew. have asthma or COPD. My friend, have asthma, COPD, and cancer. This, every single street, every single house I went to on first street, everyone had asthma and COPD. And I dropped for burning eyes from the toxic gas burning everyone's eyes. And that's the seriousness. It's not just an odor problem, and that's what bothers me about the odor task force, is that I feel like everybody's focused on it as an odor problem, to try to minimize that it's actually a toxic gas poisoning problem. And I don't know what it's going to take, how many articles you have to read, civil rights complaints are filed against Eagle. They are not our partners. Eagle has not protected us. Eagle has never been a graphic packaging one time. They stopped enforcement in 2019. There have been hundreds of air complaints filed. I have talked to businesses on Riverview Drive, where every single business has employees just at work with nausea, asthma attacks, headaches, losing hair. I've talked to board and hospital employees who have burning eyes, burning lungs, burns in their throat. This is serious. The hydrogen sulfide that is being measured, which is only one, toxic gas chemicals that's being released from those two hazardous facilities. It's like 50 times the minimal risk level for health out of the corner of Riverview and Gold. Right Brand, where the police station is. Brandy, I don't, I don't mean to... But it's, like, 
Brandy, I don't, I don't mean to cut you I'm off. Done. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I just want to explain myself. Okay, I just want to yeah. make sure that we've got yeah. time for other other people if they if they've called in too. Okay, well I'm almost finished. And um, I just want you guys. Your guys' job is to make recommendations to the city of Tallahassee. So what I'm asking you to do tonight is make recommendations to the city of Tallahassee to help the environmental community, environmental justice community in the north side of Tallahassee, to provide um, like health monitoring from maybe some medical vans, to um, recommend that the city does put the biofilter in and come up with a way from the Foundation of Excellence to pay for it, possibly. But I think that what I really want and what the community wants, because I'm speaking on behalf of the community as well, we want you guys to make recommendations to the city of Kalamazoo today to help solve the problem of, of the environmental injustice over there. And, and that's what we would like. Thank you so much. Thank you, Brandy. And do we have any other callers waiting, Jean? Okay. Okay. Um, any, any kind of comments, or they want to speak to uh, Brandy's comment? We will talk about. I'll give you an update. The last uh, order task force meeting that I went to, that's kind of the last thing on our on our agenda here. Um, and we were, like I said, we were going to talk. Uh, Monica Brothers was going to come in to talk today, but we yeah. have to bump to next month. It's just tough to form a documentable cause and effect from air pollutants to given health issues doesn't mean that there it doesn't mean that that's not the case but it is it is very tough to have be able to link and attribute it to a specific, specific and there has to be measurable concentrations of known regulated compounds that are that are known to cause certain ailments to be able to and, and and I talk, and I hear people' concerns um, from the scientific side of things. For me to be able to get on a fight for some cause and effect, if I can eliminate that cause, I have to know that that what that causes, and and is it directly attributable to certain ailments. Where there may be numbers of factors that lead to those, and, and, and that is very likely the case. So, hydrogen sulfide is the one regulated compound that is both attributable to odor and has established action levels by EPA and other and other agencies in terms of, of health effects. I don't know that Eagle or anyone has looked at the other spread of potential airborne toxins that may be generated by those. I think we need to take a proactive stance. This has been a problem in the community for a very long time. I think we should really be a little bit more intentional about how we're going to approach this. If we want to be scientific, that's fine. The science is based on data. Mm -hmm. At this point, no one's collecting data. Everyone's refusing to collect data. We can't do anything if we're going to be scientific. If, if Eagle's not going to do the monitoring, then the city needs to, because somebody needs to step up and protect the health of people in the community. What do you mean, who's, who's refused to collect data on what, data on what, I guess? So 
I'm just curious. You know, what, to, yeah. to revert to the other comment is we can't track exact concentrations of exact chemicals in exact places because the way that we're responding to them right now is that uh, Monica gets a call, she shows up. Somebody in my neighborhood over Labor Day weekend called Monica about the about having burning throat, burning eyes from what was in the air. It took her about three hours to show up. Mm -hmm. And then when she got there, Monica said that it was a faint odor. So that is completely subjective, and that allows enough time to elapse that we're not capturing the acute incident. So I think that we are going to continue to be in this spiral of not being able to take action because we don't have data unless we actually start collecting data. Okay. Is, is the network of H2S sensors still up and, and running? Yeah. Um, I know that's a later topic. Maybe, right. For, yeah, when we get kind of chat about the order task okay. force, but the but Eagle and Chemistry Water Reclamation Plant both have uh, uh, older H2S monitors. Real time. And a, a software system that um, measures and monitors that, uh, that gas. They only measure for that gas because that gas is a good indicator, basically, of all the other, you know, all the other volatile uh, organic compounds, formaldehyde. We've heard about, you know, all the other gases that are um, that that might be present. And so, my understanding is that all of that data that has been uh, collect that's collected daily, um, a is shared between the two um, campuses of the water reclamation plant and the. Um, and uh, graphic packaging so that if graphic packaging is detecting a spike in hydrogen sulfide, they communicate with the water reclamation plant and say, we're, we're seeing this spike. We want to make sure that this, is this coming from us or is it coming from you? Mm -hmm. And what are, what are we doing about it to, uh, to try to get rid of that spike? Um, and two, that that information, that the hydrogen sulfide monitoring over the last uh, couple of years for the water reclamation plant over the last, uh, it's been pretty consistent, I think since like February for mm -hmm. uh, graphic packaging. It, my understanding is that that stuff is all, has all been shared with, um, with Eagle and that data is, is a large part of what's going to be informing the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services uh, health, health study, which we are waiting and waiting and waiting. Wait. <laughs> I, did, I did email uh, William Farrell at, at the state. Um, he's a contact that I had had before to ask him again. Um, I communicated with him before about what, you know, what, what's going on with this study. And basically the answer, which we've seen in the newspaper too, is it'll be done when it's done, which is very disappointing because it's almost a year out from you know, when they had said that that report uh, is gonna come out. And I'm very hopeful but, you know, I'm, I want to be hopeful that it's going to give us a definitive answer to, to the question, is the air that we're breathing making us sick? But right. I don't know if that, if, if that report is going, to, is going to give us the answers that, that we're looking for. So. I think to your point, and Brandy brings it up uh, really to the fore, um, is we're really not feeling a sense of urgency from the state in this issue at all. Um, primarily, when you think about the drone study that's been, there's been a ton of reporting in MLive. I, I tried to get up to speed on it today. Um, and one of the things I thought was really interesting was that the drone study that was done in May 
um, kits over graphic packaging because they were, I think, well, working at the kinks. Um, and then there was supposed to be one rescheduled for this fall that's then, for unknown reasons, pushed out to the spring. Um, and the interesting thing to me is that the only exceptions to um, the only way you can do a drone study of graphic packaging is either through consent from them and the city or a search warrant or an imminent public health concern. And uh, whether it's through this MDHHS slash Eagle data we get, I feel like we should be able to establish there is an imminent public health concern. Um, and it, it, as far as our role as ECC, it's challenging because we only advise the city commission. But um, I at least sympathize strongly with Randy's point that we need to act a little bit more urgently on this. And maybe imminent public health threat is, is the way to get better data on this because you know, it, it can't all be the wastewater treatment. Well, right? the problem with that, though, is like if, if from our committee, if we're sending recommendation that, that references an imminent health concern, we don't have data right. to support to support that, right? Only in a rock and a hard place in terms of our Yeah, which is like what, what you were saying, that yeah. we, we need more, you know, need more data. So is, the, so is the data from those sensors publicly available? Like who's yeah. actually yeah. there is a website that you can go to from the Kalamazoo Water Reclamation Plant. Uh, yeah, that's on the city's website where you can go and see daily data so that if you're in and around that area and you feel like you are uh, smelling something that is irritating your eyes. I've heard this from folks at the um, uh, air. What are the hearings that uh, they did the um, Eagle does had to do permitting hearings, air quality permitting mm -hmm. hearings for the uh, graphic uh, expansion packaging, and, and I went to a couple of those, uh, and there were plenty of people that showed up and said, you know, when I can smell this odor, it's you know, it's, you know, giving me a headache, or you know, mentioning these these sure. health effects. Sure. Um, uh, so like if you if you're feeling like you like you're having some kind of negative health effect, you can go to this website and see if there was some kind of spike in mm -hmm. uh, in you know release of whatever of whatever gas. There's a release in hydrogen sulfide at least. Well, in between that and the uh, the fact that Eagle has just cited or Eagle just cited graphic packaging four times over the last 18 months um, for nitrogen uh, nitrous oxide. Thank you. Um, over, like over a, a certain amount over a 24-hour period. Mm -hmm. Um, that at least is a public health concern. So maybe one of the things we need to find out is what constitutes uh, a public health threat that would allow a drone study. Because that seems to be the most effective way to really zero in the facts from the monitoring. Right. Mm -hmm. One other thing I would point out is that, the, um, like you mentioned, if you want to uh, make a report about an odor, uh, you call Monica Brothers, she goes out, it's a sniff test, it is kind of a subjective thing. Um, but my understanding from Monica Brothers is that those um, reports have dropped are less now than they have been in the past um, since, since some level of uh, since the other task force started and since there's been uh, you know more focus on, on this issue. There's definitely still an odor there, but there's been less um, there's been uh, less uh, complaints about it. And is why would you keep complaining if well, I know people. Yeah, you know, like, that's true like, too. So I think one of the things we might want to consider here is if we want to provide some level of assurance to people in the city that we're being attentive to the problem, maybe we need sensors that are going to monitor more than hydrogen sulfide, and maybe those sensors need to be uh, 
situated in places where people have uh, indicated there's a consistent problem rather than just where they currently are. Yeah. Uh -huh. Maybe some of the neighborhoods that have uh, documented or at least regular reports of concerns. Well, that's essentially where those monitors are right now. Is right. where is where is where the complaints have been coming right. from. We have to know what other targets on the north side, on the east you know, side, to, um, to monitor for, and are there electronic right. instruments that can measure? That's the thing. I'm not aware. Not. I'm not aware that there. My understanding is that there's not. Um, is that there's not hardware uh, that is sort of widely available on the market that is been shown to be effective at monitoring. Um, these other gases, mm -hmm. and that's why they they use the hydrogen sulfide monitor as an indicator. Because yeah. because there was a system, uh, you know, a, a, a available system that they could purchase to do mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. That that's my that's my understanding. But I would be happy to bring that bring that. But that's a great question. Can we be monitoring for other uh, compounds in the same in the same manner? I'm happy to bring that question. Particularly like a oxides of nitrogen, which are where the, the recent citations are coming from, the and that matches with the type of uh, symptoms that people are reporting. So it does seem like that needs to be much more closely monitored. I think if um, Director Baker is coming next month, yeah. he'll be able to speak to these as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that might be a good time to really dig into this, especially with the uh, bioscover being scrapped as well. Um, Long-term flooding, that's, that's a big topic that we Yeah, I'm hoping that he can kind of focus focus on that next month, but... Yeah, I think it would be good to try to double this. If it's, I mean, there's, there's been like four articles in the last month about this, and he's yeah. working on it, so I, I think we should move it up in the chain as well for our priorities. Right. Well, I appreciate uh, Brandy calling in, mm -hmm. as always, and her, her uh, passion for our community. Mm -hmm. Any other uh, comments? All right, moving along in our agenda, um, looking at the community sustainability plan. Um, I don't have any updates. I know that um, City Commission has uh, passed a sort of mid-year budget um, request to fund uh, a position for somebody to uh, kind of operate the community sustainability plan. Um, I don't know if that position has been posted yet. I don't think it has, but I think it will be soon. It should be posted, and my understanding is that they were going to try to fill that position um, by the end of the year. Um, other than that, uh, one other note on the uh, community sustainability plan um, uh, here for uh, the city of Kalamazoo. We also had a meeting uh, here in this room a couple of weeks ago, um, Kalamazoo Nature Center and the Kalamazoo uh, Climate Crisis Eagle uh, to try to what that the county health department. Well, they were here. Yeah, they they, here. they tried to secure a grant from Eagle to fund a county level um, climate coordinator position um, and fund uh, some climate action um, uh, some climate actions. Uh, and so uh, we got uh, a bunch of staff from uh, from the county to come in here. Jamie McCarthy from the from the city was here. And uh, the uh, who all was the staff from? We had the county health director and the uh, county um, 
County administrator. The, yeah, the county administrator and sort of the assistant county administrator, and there was a, a health administrator. We had Jim Rutherford. Yeah, five or six uh, county staff that were here, along with Jenny Scrubs uh, from the county commission, um, to talk about that eagle. I just kind of helped set it up because I kind of was had to communicate with everybody. Um, and so we had a very good discussion about uh, the ins and outs of what that uh, what that grant might look like. And uh, in my communication with Commissioner Strebs, it sounds like um, county staff is working on that grant, looking at that grant, what they can do to kind of narrow down some specifics of how they write it and how they secure it and how they might be able to implement that. So I'm very hopeful uh, to see that there might be, in addition to the position that we've got here in the city for a, a community sustainability plan, that we would also have county um, uh, uh, climate action coordinator that would help be able to coordinate between all the units of local government. I think there's like 22 or some, 22 or so, is that right? Uh, units of local government, almost all of which have passed um, some kind of climate crisis declaration, mm -hmm. but a lot of them kind of lack the capacity because it's not right. something that they've done before. Right. Um, um, so ideally, the uh, person at the county would be able to uh, coordinate and, and help help uh, local units of government work together to share resources or share ideas, or if they're doing stuff where there's jurisdictions that butt up, there's the way we and smooth that stuff out for the, the county can smooth that stuff out. So uh, hopefully that, that takes off. Yeah, question. So, um, you know, given that we've called this an emergency, I wonder if there are things that we could maybe help push out to the neighborhoods, you know, that can be done more immediately that are part of the plan um, in the meantime while we're waiting to post and then hire and interview um, and get somebody in that position maybe like but six months from now. Um, it seems to me that the plan was written and designed to be sort of flexible and sort of, um, you know, not to, didn't have to happen in this linear fashion. There were pieces that were more attainable and less attainable. Um, but it seems reasonable that maybe some of those pieces could be acted on sort of in, you know, while we're waiting for a director who, who's not a director. So I think, uh, Yes, uh, I think some of that might already be in the works because the um, city, I mean, Jamie McCarthy can obviously talk about this a lot better than me, but the whole purpose of their like uh, public input period towards the end, um, such that it was, uh, was about prioritizing like shovel ready projects. So my understanding is they've probably already been doing some stuff, um, but I think that's a great idea. Like, all I'm saying is theoretically they are doing that, but you know, you can always do more. So I can I can uh, communicate with Jamie McCarthy and uh, try to get her at least to give us kind of a bullet point of any updates that she's got on whatever might be um, whatever might be going on with sustainability plan okay. and give us I can try to get at least some bullet points next, next month. I don't think I can get her here next month to talk to that speak to that just because I don't think we'll have time to have three right. three guests yeah. we've tried that in the past and it doesn't it doesn't work okay. yeah um, any other. Um, along with that, the County Energy Collaborative, it's here in the, in the Steve and the Curve KEC. We're trying to reach out and get all of the uh, commercial building owners to identify and, and, mm -hmm. and have that uh, benchmarking done through the Kalamazoo, Kalamazoo Energy Collaborative. 
Gene, are you aware, is there any influence that you as a commissioner have on the hiring process? Um, and I only bring this up because I've gone through the city's hiring process and been once I interviewed and then had to wait eight weeks before I heard anything. anything. Yeah. Um, and so that can, concerns me that we won't bring this person on by the end of the calendar year. Yeah, I can inquire about the process. I, okay. I don't have authority with the process. Okay. Yeah. But I can see where it is. Yeah, you can just. Mm -hmm. I, I actually have my note to check on that. Awesome. Yeah. Even just having your assumption on it, I think, was so important. I didn't find a job posting when I just looked. I didn't see it either. Yeah. It might not be up yet. No, no job posting. Not yet. I couldn't find one. Anybody else? Uh, sustainability plan. Oh, and I apologize. Miss Rutherford, uh, Karen Rutherford at the city, is uh, taking minutes. So she'll take the recording. Uh, she did ask that we speak up. So if I am mumbling, will somebody please poke me to remind me to speak up? And uh, uh, so please speak up. Um, Does she need to know who is speaking? Yeah, she should ask that everyone identify who is present. Uh -huh. Right, because if she's just listening to it, she doesn't know yeah. how right. is she going to be able to <laughs> right. take notes. Uh, is there a way that she can watch the live stream and play the play the audio back? It might be easier for her to just watch the live stream. She they will do that at times as a backup. I understand. Okay. But they still she doesn't know everyone by face, so could just say who's here. It would help her. Okay. We don't have our little signs. Anymore. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, Maybe we could add that to okay. our verbal call process. For, I mean, obviously, say right now, but for next month. Yeah, that's yeah. a good idea. And hopefully, she'll kind of get used to the sound of our voice to know who, who's, who's who. Mm -hmm. um, I'm the chair. I appear to be doing most of the talking, and I apologize for that. Uh, <laughs> but um, uh, Kalamazoo River, uh, Marl Lake Dam cleanup. Do we have, does anybody have any updates on that? And who is doing the Kalamazoo River Watershed Council? We have, did we we settle on a person? We did not. Well, I, I, don't, I, I attended the meeting, the last meeting. Did you? Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily need to keep doing that um, okay. if somebody else wants to step in, but it sounded like nobody was going to be doing it, so I um, went that in on the, the most recent meeting. Okay. So, um, and is there an update? Um, no, really, I don't have any update. I don't know if you want to wait till that, but okay. there was no actionable. It was, I had to leave early because I had another Zoom call I needed to jump into. Okay. But um, during the time I was there, it was just uh, reporting okay. of, of some stuff, but there was no. Yeah, we we uh, we didn't finish all of our subcommittee assignments last month. Um, we had a couple of discussions on that, so mm -hmm. uh, that would be um, we should talk about when we get to it. Okay. This is Ian, uh, vice chair, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't have anything else specific on uh, the cleanup. Um, although I did speak with um, uh, Senator McCann about um, the pending legislation, or at least they were trying to get it out of committee, um, uh, basically a polluter pay um, bill. Okay. My understanding is that that bill is going nowhere. It is not coming out of committee, um, and that is sort of the end of the discussion for right now, which is very disappointing to hear. Um, through no fault, Senator Can, who uh, pushed very hard to get that out of committee, but uh, he is in the minority on that committee, and uh, did not have the the power to make that happen. Um, Eagle Creek. 
still being pursued by the state level at all? For that, my, that is still, that is in process. Okay. That, that's my understanding is that the, um, uh, the Attorney General is uh, seeking, you know, it does have some pending action against Eagle Creek. And they no longer own it. They no longer, they've sold it? Uh, I think Consumers Energy um, bought it out uh, through some process. There was an article a couple months ago. Oh. I wasn't sure if we mentioned that yet. Okay. Not Interesting. Yeah. Maybe that brings it into our jurisdiction a little You're bit. right. So it's put another layer of obfuscation between the polluter and, yeah, that's too bad. Okay. Um, any other uh, comments about uh, river cleanup? Needs it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, last month, uh, I apologize, I was not here. Did you present on uh, you know some ideas about leaf management? We was did. there any follow up there? We talked about it a little bit, and I so on Sunday we had a Woods Lake Association meeting where this kind of came up, and one of the things that I am not a chemist that they said was a potential issue is that the sediment from the extra leaves can cause a lot of uh, phosphorus runoff into bodies of water and create additional issues that way. Yeah, like Woods Lake. Yeah. So true for Woods Lake, but sort of you know could, you could assume that would be a potential issue in other bodies of water as well. So maybe not really worth pursuing at this you know at particular times. It sounds like there's some other issues with that. Um, and when I attended the Parks and Rec Board last meeting, as, as you know last month as well, this sort of came up as well, you know, this is one of, this type of issue is one of many things the Parks Department would like to take a look at, you know, to better manage their spaces, but they just don't have the funding or capacity to really um, do that at this point in time. I'm not sure there's anything we could do separately as the ECC to really deal with any of that. So. Yeah, too bad. Uh... Jim's not here since he was saying he was going to talk to his neighbors, and it's mm -hmm. even just a little anecdotally, it'd be curious what yeah. people hear. Yeah. So, do you feel like that's kind of the end end of the discussion, or was, do you want me to keep that on there as kind of unfinished business to review, or? I think we can kind of take it off for okay. now. I think we have some larger things on our plate with the. Okay. Um. All right. There were some questions. Um, about uh, just the setup of our committee. So um, the city clerk sent us a chunk in, uh, from the code of ordinances, and let me—I've got it in our shared agenda. And you can—you can find this in our shared mm -hmm. drive. Hey, mm -hmm. Thanks for coming. Um, and where is it? Bylaws and processes. So we've got ECC in the code of ordinances. It doesn't say anything in the code of ordinances about. Um, uh, about uh, staff from the city coming to take minutes, whether they're in person or uh, doing a recorded version. Right. There's nothing in in the um, in the ordinance that that refers to that. That makes me think it might be it might rest at the open meeting then somehow like the city maybe is responsible like it's outside of the ECC's ordinance possibly mm -hmm. like overall city yeah, yeah. there have to be minutes because yeah. it's an open because it's an open right. meeting right. but it doesn't mean that the that the minutes have to be taken by somebody who is in, who is here in person mm -hmm. right. that's my understanding is that what you got from the city clerk too yeah yeah I think I yeah yeah 
You mean, so you say in person, you mean so it's the distinction between having them here and a recording? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. Well, the city is going to be liable for the transparency, not the members of the board. So right. the city is going to be invested in getting accurate minutes available. Right. Hey, thanks for coming to our meeting. Thank nice you. to see you. Yeah. Um, My only thoughts on it is that, I mean, you know this too. It is. No offense to any of the note takers. I'm sure they're overworked, but yeah. man, it takes a long time to get these minutes. And most of the time we've been getting them like the day of the meeting. Right. And I think that's the job of the clerk's office. Uh, it's really hard to get a hold of them sometimes too. You know, when you when you both applied and you said that you had a hard time seeing the minutes. Uh, this is Jean Hess speaking. Um, I did go to the clerk's office and ask them about that. Mm -hmm. And they have the minutes they had not uploaded the minutes so it was back work that actually got done and i think they're current as of now is that correct I, I, is that i'm not sure because i was looking at planning commission meetings from the first and they're not so ecc up. is now up to date from okay. what i understand okay. from clerk's office so that's that's an issue we've had our we've had an issue getting commission meetings up online so that's happening now. ECC is happening now. Hopefully, planning commission will be up. Maybe breaking up the backlog a little. Yeah. Bit. Okay. That's good to hear. Um, Thank you. And um, I did uh, get a couple of new applications that had been in the system for several months that I had not seen. And I know that Melissa had requested those from the city clerk's office. She, you know, I, I, you know, so she hadn't seen them either. But they, you know, they're back dated several months. Um, and so I've got four. There's uh, one fellow that I tried to um, reach out to before, and he's not responded. Um, so I, I emailed um, all four. Uh, I got one response back um, saying that they that person wouldn't have time to do it. So that's down to three. And I haven't heard back from the other three. So we have three three candidates, but they're not responding um, when I'm when I'm reaching out. So please continue to you know ask your friends. Uh, you know, ask, ask people, you know, spread the word if um, we've still got an open seat here uh, in the ECC. Our, Who knows? We might come to a point where we get deadlocked. It's 10 sure. 10, and then the meeting goes forever. And we're <laughs> voting, and you never know. You never know. Well, and, and to it. our commenter's point, it would be really nice to get somebody from the North Side represented. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I don't that know. would be ideal. I don't have any good ideas on how to well, do that, but. Brandy was on the committee, and then mm -hmm. she left. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she, she was that voice. Right. Um, yeah, and, uh, and I don't think she lives on the north side anymore. As well. I think I think she moved. Well, when yeah. she when she was on the committee, she did. Yeah, an important voice, but mm -hmm. it was mm -hmm. her choice. To... Oh yeah, no, I I just think in general that that neighborhood is neglected. So yeah, well, I don't think it is. Right. Yeah, we'd love to have somebody from you know all the neighborhoods. That would be sure. that no, would be I ideal. Mentioned it at Northside Ministerial. Okay. Good idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, last piece here before we move on to um, new new business, and that really will just be uh, Urban Bird Treaty tonight. Mm -hmm. um, you had a question about the difference between a committee and a board. And uh, talk to me about that a little bit. Yeah, so I know that we are in the process of hiring a new city attorney. Um, it might be helpful just, you know, on behalf of the board to submit some questions, you know, as part of that process of, um, you know, do they have an understanding of what 
our standing as a board, as a committee, is versus the board, and how that fits into our authorities as, as a body. Um, being that they are not, you know, there's nobody in that position yet, it might just be something that'd be interesting for them to explore as part of their, their process. Okay. Um, I don't, I mean, I think just anecdotally and through sitting through some other meetings as well as I think that this is a question that is not unique mm -hmm. to, to, you know, to the ECC. I think there are questions around, you know, if people are in these positions on their, on these boards, seriously, what does that mean for the city? Where's their authority? How is that shared? And, and what is, what is really the role in the purpose of a, of a body like this? And how would they see it as the city attorney? Um, well, I can share. I mean, we've that's all that stuff is all laid out pretty clearly okay. in in the code of ordinances, and that's in our shared drive. I can share that um, to the whole committee just to kind of review. Actually, can I send that to you? Can we look at? The, can we review that real quick? Yeah, if you want to send it to me. Yeah. Um, I am going to. Here's the document, and I am sharing this with. And we can just take a look at uh, ECC and Code of Ordinance real quick. Here, anyway. And maybe that'll help kind of clarify what it is you might want to, you know, because I'd be happy to send, you know, whatever you want me to send to the city as an email on behalf of the committee, I'm happy to, happy to do that. I mean, basically, our role is just to give recommendations, you know, write recommendations, recommendations to the city commission. Um, yeah, and we touched on it, I think, a little bit at our last meeting. Um, I, I don't remember how the conversation went exactly, but my understanding is uh, essentially we're like delegated advisory. Uh, so, like, I think somebody was questioning whether like our position is democratic. But if we serve at the behest of the city commission, and they can fire any of us at any time, uh -huh. um, so that's one part of it. At least. Uh -huh. Well, it's kind of hard to fire a volunteer. <laughs> I'm not sure I use the word fire. Uh, basically, they would be they they could they could take the advice or the they could ignore the advice. Right. That's right. really that's really where it's at. Okay. And my sense, yep. Emily, my sense was the, the um, hiring the the attorney. That will be an open process. There will be a meeting where. Citizens can come and ask questions as right. well. So I, I don't know if that'll be a cow committee, the whole meeting probably, um, or it might be a special meeting for interview process. Right. So. And I think it may be. This is Bobby Glasser speaking. Oh, sorry. It may be. Yeah, maybe. Only thing, only other comparison I can make is because I serve on the NFP, which is considered a board, and we do take votes on petitions that come before that board for variances, they want to cut down 30% of trees when 25% is allowed, you know, those kinds of things. But I think, and so that, that vote, I think does carry some weight, but even that is under, because that's considered zoning. I think the Board of Zoning Appeals even still has final word on those kinds of things. So I, I don't know the distinction between board versus committee. So the, the key points of uh, for the ECC in the code here, code of ordinances, is um, there was an ad hoc committee at one point. Uh, term shall be for three years and shall begin and terminate on January 1st. 
so your term would even if you started like you you started midway through the year your it would uh, still count back to January 1st of this year except that a member shall continue in office until a successor is appointed and takes office um, any vacancy should be filled by the city commission for the unexpired term um, but that hasn't really we haven't really done that read that again except that a member shall continue in office until a successor is appointed and takes office. Okay, we've had people resign and then we have, that's how, that's what's happened. Right. So, um, voting members may be reappointed, but only for a second consecutive full term. The committee may elect a chairman and such other officers as it may desire from its own membership and may adopt rules for its own activities, which we do have a set of bylaws. Mm -hmm. Voting members may be reappointed, but only for two terms. Uh, committee may elect a chairman, blah, blah, blah. Uh, that's a repeat. Responsibilities to identify significant environmental trends. I'm sorry, the responsibilities of the committee shall be advisory only to the city commission and the city manager. To identify significant environmental trends or activities in the city and when warranted, report the anticipated effect of such trends or activities to the city commission with recommendations where appropriate. To provide, where appropriate, a forum for citizen input on matters affecting environmental quality in the city and to report to the city commission citizen concern with regards thereto. To provide upon request of either the city commission or the city manager information and recommendations, if any, with regard to specific environmental matters. To be apprised of those activities of the city which have significant environmental impact and where appropriate, provide information and recommendations to the city commission. For example, I've invited uh, Director Baker to come speak to us next month. To consult with environmental agencies of our of other governmental jurisdictions to identify and recommend solutions to environmental problems extending into the city from beyond its corporate limits. We've had speakers come, uh, you know, come before the ECC in the past that are not just from from the city but from mm -hmm. other other jurisdictions. Mm -hmm. uh, when so requested, to review environmental impact assessments prepared by or on behalf of the city department and to submit an analysis thereof and recommendations with regard uh, thereto to the city commission. There's a lot of thereto's in there. Mm -hmm. And that would be like an example of that is, well, we haven't really looked at any environmental impact assessments. That's not something that we've actually done since I've, since I've been here. But we did look over the sustain community sustainability plan and had a, a great deal of input. Um, so that's, that's what we've got currently. Um, let me know if you want to think about it and kind of refine a question if you've got send it to me and I can send it on to the, um, to the attorney currently, or if you want to, you know, like she said, attend the, attend the meeting for whatever the hiring process is, there's community interviews. Any other questions about that? Okay. Uh, new business. Okay. Like I said, Monica Brothers will be here next week. Uh, do you mind putting the agenda back up? Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. I apologize for putting you to task here. Um, okay, Monica Brothers will come next month. So the Urban Bird Treaty. Um, so Gail has well, Gail has one kind of longer document that explains what the what the Urban Bird Treaty is, uh, which some of us I think have looked at before, right. and then uh, a recommendation that we can send on to the City Commission. Yeah, uh, Gail, go ahead. Um, so yeah, this is actually not anything new. This is something that. Um, I've been working on since the beginning of this year, and so many of you have seen this um, document. I don't know if you shared this with people. Um, um, I haven't right? shared it out to the committee. I did okay. uh, forward those you emails to you. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, do we want to read through the entire 
thing. I'm not, I'm I, you know, I don't that. know that we, I don't know that we need to, but yeah. maybe I can just uh, do a refresher and because we've got some new members on the ECC, if you have questions, um, you can get up and ask questions or, you know, rather than having me read through this whole thing. But um, the Urban Bird uh, Treaty, um, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service created the Urban Conservation Treaty for Migratory Birds, otherwise known as the Urban Bird Treaty, um, to support partnerships with local, state, and federal governmental agencies, nonprofit organizations, corporations, and local communities in conserving birds that live and migrate to urban areas. We're all aware that um, we've lost 3 billion birds in the last 50 years, and it's going to take a collected and coordinated effort in order to try to mitigate these losses. We also know that habitats that are healthy for birds are healthy for people. When I think about the discussion we just had on the air quality, um, humans are not the only entities that are living in these areas. Mm -hmm. um, it's all it's all species. So um, having clean air, clean water, um, is is good for it's good for birds, it's good for people, and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So um, the Urban Bird Treaty application um, and the program requires no financial support um, from the entities that, um, uh, that apply for it, but it does put uh, these entities in a better position to actually get funding from grants through a couple of different um, foundations through the Fish and Wildlife Service. So um, it, uh, the city designation is defined by the applicant, and so city can incorporate whatever um, municipalities are partners, so they're all called partners. Um, and uh, it needs to have a population of at least 100,000 people. So the combination of Kalamazoo and Portage and other surrounding communities puts us into a population over that minimum. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the municipalities that have already signed on are Oshtemo, Parchment, Comstock. Um, I found out uh, this, uh, this week um, that Portage is on board. There was a recommendation from the Portage Environmental Board um, to the City Commission. And I suspect that that will go through. And um, Jamie McCarthy has been my contact at the city um, for this. And she was able to get approval from the city manager um, this week. And um, so uh, she had wanted to not have a recommendation from the ECC until she had accomplished that step. So that step has been accomplished. And we're ready to move forward with a recommendation from the ECC to the City Commission um, for the City of Kalamazoo to become what I'd like to say as a core partner um, for the Urban Bird Treaty application to the Fish and Wildlife Service. The application requires three core partners. Um, and the role of the core partners are to be the signatories on the application. We, we need kind of a letter of support from all of the, from all of the partners, each of the partners. Um, and the other two core partners um, to date are the Kalamazoo Nature Center and the Audubon Society of Kalamazoo. I think it would look very strategic and appropriate because 
the city of Kalamazoo is the largest municipality. Sure. Um, and for all the sustainability plans and goals and the uh, exploration of the climate crisis and all of the great stuff that's going on, I think it would be really appropriate for the city of Kalamazoo to be that third core partner. Um, and, um, you know, it doesn't require much more than that. Um, I'm, I'm doing all the, the grunt work and the leg work because all these other partners have got real jobs and um, things that they're getting paid to do and they're stretched really thin and I'm the retired grunt that can do and <laughs> has the time to do all of this stuff. So I've drafted um, a recommendation um, from the ECC to the city commission. And that's what I'd like for us to um, talk about tonight and to hopefully approve. It might take a little crafting because um, this is certainly a draft that I, I put together and um, input is certainly welcome and expected. This, you might, could you put that up on the screen for us? I think it's the first email that I sent you. I think it should say recommendation. And I'm happy to read it or let you read it uh, on the screen. And, um, you know, it might take a little moving off of some rough edges or wordsmithing. Um, you know, I tried not to make it too long. There's certainly a lot of a lot of points I, that could be added, and I tried to just get some the most important pertinent bullet points why I think this should be. And uh, and and Karen, this is Gail Walter doing all this. That it. That is the memo that she just kind of went over. Okay. I apologize. It's the other email that I sent you <laughs> that has the recommendation in it. There's a lot of overlap. I did a lot of cutting and pasting. Yeah. So well, <laughs> yeah. So the rec yeah, we can kind of narrow the recommendation down. Right. Hold on. I believe these documents are probably in the shared drive for anybody to look at them. The time. I'm sure Karen put them in there. Yeah, I think they were in there from, from before. Yeah. There we go. That's it. Okay. The one without it, without without any header or title. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So why don't you read and we'll kind of read along. Okay. So the ECC recognizes that bird populations are in trouble. A groundbreaking study published in the Journal of Science in 2019, reported on 48 years of data across 529 breeding bird species in the U.S. and Canada, clearly showed a losses of nearly 3 billion birds since 1970. We know that urban habitats are important to many bird species and that protection and enhancement of these habitats can help to mitigate bird population decline. The information about the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service creating the Urban Conservation Treaty for Migratory Birds support the partnership. I've read that from the, the memo. So my ask, ECC recommends that the City of Kalamazoo become a core partner joining the Kalamazoo Nature Center and Audubon Society of Kalamazoo along with 17 other partners to apply to the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service for designation as an urban bird treaty city. The ECC recommendation is based on the following. Um, this is the number of birds that have been historically documented in Kalamazoo County. Um, over 300 species of birds. 15 of those birds are listed as threatened, endangered, or a special concern in the state of Michigan. 
Um, these include our downtown resident peregrine falcons that are listed as state endangered species until last week when I think the fish is, or when the um, DNR shuffled everything around. But um, I need to get that information. The city of Kalamazoo has important avian habitat within its boundaries. Some of those include Kalamazoo or Kleinsleck Preserve, which has the largest number of species that have been recorded. The Kalamazoo River Corridor, which is home to many species, including several breeding pairs of osprey, one of which lives in Mayor Riverfront Park. The Upjohn Park. One, do you have a Do you have a pencil? Do you have a pen with you? Yeah. Uh, it says which is home many species. It should say which is home to too many species. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Thank you. Um, and uh, the Upjohn Park ABCC Wildlife Corridor hosts many birds not typically found within a city, including American bitterns. The Kalamazoo River Corridor is a recognized important bird and biodiversity area. Um, an IBA is identified using an internationally agreed set of criteria as being critically important for bird conservation. And there are four other IBAs within Kalamazoo County. Um, and recognition of the importance of sustainable and healthy habitats that support both birds and people, and that the Urban Bird Treaty Program programs supportive networks of local and national partners can help achieve goals in making a city a better place. You need a apostrophe for program. That the UBT's program supportive network. No, no I don't. Thank you. Um, it is important to advance the quality of life of all Kalamazoo, Kalamazoo residents with a commitment to sustainability and environmental stewardship and social equity. Protecting, preserving, and restoring the land, water, and air is a high priority for the city of Kalamazoo. And the city of Kalamazoo has already accomplished or is planning many sustainability actions that are consistent with the goals of the Urban Bird Treaty. These include the Natural Features Protection Overlay District, Imagine Kalamazoo 2025 Sustainability Plan that includes Increase non-motorized and mass transit, increase urban density, increase clean clean energy, and decrease emissions, watershed protection, and green circular economy, as well as many others. The Urban Bird Treaty Federal designation gives improved access to funding through the National Fish and Wildlife Foundation Five Star and Urban Waters Restoration Grant Program and can help garner additional funds through other urban conservation grant programs with similar goals and objectives. Designation as an urban bird treaty city achieves an elite recognition of a high level of commitment to and accomplishment of sustainability and environmental stewardship. The city can promote its livability and sustainability by spreading the word about the city's UBT federal designation and all the benefits of a green and bird friendly city. And again, just the ECC recommends that the city of Kalamazoo become a core partner in the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service Urban Bird Treaty application. Do you want periods at the end of all those bullet points? I don't know. Do you want periods at the end of all those? <laughs> I, I think I, you so. know, I, I, some am, of them I am, not, I am not. They do read a sentence. Yeah, yeah probably. So, in that sense, yeah. I think normally if there was like a, a whereas, well, I had, you know, I, not, I oh, had yeah. a bunch of whereases and ah, recognitions, okay. and I took those out. Sure. And some of them are not complete sentences, <laughs> and I'm like, with a bullet point, does it? Right. Does, what do you do with it? I would say make it consistent, which I, either way, but yeah. most are sentences. Right. Yeah. So. Well, a lot of them are not. 
Okay, well, maybe they are. But we'll put lenses on. <laughs> okay. I don't care. Yeah. Well, we take a vote. I don't like the mini period. Yes, yes, yes. I'm not a period. I'm not a grammatic period. Whatever. Thank you. That's over. That's a good point. I like at the beginning where you acknowledge or, or recommend that the city of Calvin do become a core partner and you reference that there are 17 other entities. Can there be a, a, an attachment or an addendum or somewhere where we list, where we list all those entities? I could do that. I, I think that would be valuable to know what we are going, we as a city are going to become the core member a month. Right. Who are we partnering up with? Yeah. yeah. I, I would like yeah. a list of those partners. Okay. How identified would, how somehow. How would you see that? Like as an appendix or another paragraph in here? What What would be? Oh, no, the, the 17 other entities are as follows. Or I yeah. I would be something of, of something of, of that nature. A list at the end. Yeah, list an appendix, perhaps. Okay. Are you sending it as an email? Because if so, then maybe that would be in the email. I don't know if they're very set. Uh, definitely those seventeen, or if it's like probably these ones. Well, or... I would list the ones that are definitely okay. on board. That, yeah. are, that are definitely on board. Okay. I've got some other ones. I mean, at this point in time, you know, I've been waiting for these last two entities. You know, Portage and Kalamazoo, mm -hmm. and I have some other ones I'm working on. But you know, until I get further, you know, and I would like my goal is to get this submitted by the end of the year. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the goals of the application can be we will continue to enroll other partners. You know, as we go forward, you can add more partners to the you know to the network, right. the partnership. Yeah. And so you know, if we don't get get everyone folded in now. You know, I was going after the um, the, uh, the universities, colleges, mm -hmm. but I'm like, I I need to focus on this and we'll we'll try to rope them in the next go round. Um, yeah, the easiest way I, I see is just add it as another bullet and just say the treaty members include and just list them like as a paragraph. Like, just another bullet? Yeah, that's probably the easiest way to do it. The, yeah. Yeah. the current ones include yeah. this. And then, okay. then, yeah. it, then it doesn't look like four pages long. Mm -hmm. just, yeah. yeah, okay, I can, I can never do it. That's the only note I, I agree with you. Yeah. Did anybody else see any, any grammatical or writing? I'd like to take a close look at it if you don't mind sending it around, then I can look at the punctuation and grammar and all that. Any, yeah, yeah, we can send, we can send one now for sure. Yeah, I mean, I've been, yeah. I've been any, scribbling on one. Any uh, comment on the content? The content. Yeah. yeah. No brainer. Nope, I love it. Yeah. The only thing I, I, I wonder, can we make the recommendation and part of that recommendation include uh, a request that the city draft an action plan to um, support the Bird Treaty rather no, I'm than doing that. I mean, but the action plan is part of the application process. Well, the, the city actually has to give me all of the, and this is a, a question, I don't know who's going to do this, but I need to have a list of the accomplishments that have happened in the last several years and the goals going forward for the next five years. And there's specific criteria and categories that those need to be in. And I don't know who is going to be my contact working with those to Get that information. Keep that application process. Right. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I'm much more comfortable with that than just saying the city sign this and get a check mark on your. Right. No, I have to. I have to have the information to put in the application process. So, I mean, I suppose we could add, a, you know, something to, to this, 
but I will need will need a liaison and they have to work with you. And somebody who is gonna help craft that. Well, maybe maybe part of the recommendation should include just a note saying like that's a, a part of the process. Like part of the application includes high, like highlighting the successes such as if, if you have like if you know of a few just off the top of your head but we don't really need an exhaustive list because you're already working in that, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or ask for in the recommendation, ask for uh, a staff liaison to work with a member from the ECC to to coordinate or something along those lines. Yeah, we do need additional support from the city. That'd be the perfect way to really get it. I don't know. Do you, do you have any? Well, my my first thought is that Jamie, is your, you're talking with Jamie right now, yeah. and that she would probably be able to um, to give you those things that we done and, and provide that list of things that have happened. But then moving forward, my thought is that the person that is going to be in the sustainability position would be that person um, to, to look at and to keep up updating the Urban Bird Treaty and make sure that and that's a part of what we do. That's a part of the sustainability plan. Right. And so, I mean, a lot of the information, the goals are going to come out of the sustainability plan as it is now. Right. But I'll need to work with, you know, somebody from Parks and Rec, right. you know, on their activities. Uh -huh. um, need to work with somebody from, you know, Jamie's office, whether she assigns that to, to someone, um, you know, to work with me on that. Yeah. So, you know. I, I wonder if that should be in the app to the city. Okay. I mean, could it be just as simple as just, a line about continued coordination between the grant. See, I mean, however you designate yourself as, because yeah, you're writing the grant, submitting the grant, right? right? I'm the, I'm, well, it's not a grant, it's an application. An application, <clears throat> is that on behalf of the Audubon Society? Well, I am the coordinator, and so I'm, I, it's on behalf of the, the three core partners. Oh, okay. And so I'm, you know. So you could just list yourself as the grant coordinator. Yeah. Continued, continued the coordination UBT, between, yeah. UBT coordinator. Yeah, continued coordination between city staff and UBT right. grant coordinator. So we're asking the city to commit to being, the city commission to commit to being one of those three essential core partners. And part of that commitment then entails the successful completion of that of that application and all that encompasses the, the amount of information that's required for that. Mm -hmm. That that is the commitment that we're asking for. Right. Mm -hmm. Um when we get to that, mm -hmm. uh, we've got a couple minutes. Oh. Sorry. That's I okay. Well we usually we usually do that at the very end of the meeting if there are any callers who have stuck around. Okay. Yeah. So how should I word this? Yeah, so far. I've got UBT coordinator. Yeah, so just a continued coordination between UBT grant applicant and city staff. kind of like we do with minutes and just recommend it with getting the final say. I was just going to ask, is, is, are we ready to entertain some kind of a motion of 
important. No, I don't think we need to. With this. Yeah, I would not like personally not like to wait for another month. I'd like right. to this no, tonight right. and send it on. And I'm confident that we've kind of discussed it and understand the, the general thrust of right. you know what. I mean, I can what we've got there. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and, and send the, it out. Send it the out. list of the partners. Right. I can. I can yep. have you send it out, and yeah. everybody can take. Yeah. You know, but we have to vote in person, though. We can't yeah. agree. Right. Uh, but take a few right. days, and then just like the minutes. Like if you see some grammatical thing, or you see some wordsmithing that right. needs mm -hmm. to be done, you can. Mm -hmm. We can continue. But right. the content itself yeah. and the concept. Yeah. We can vote. Out. Okay. So, okay. Is there, are there any other comments before we? The um, are, are, have you heard back from Jamie about that October third? No, I have not. Okay. Because they may be able to present to the committee the whole on October 3rd in Hale's absence. But if not, then it would be on October 16th. Yeah, I mean, I would like to be the one that presents this because um, I have the most information. And, and that would still be, though, and then before yeah. our next the next ECC meeting. Right. So it would need to be loaded on tonight. Okay. Right. And um, if I, if, if, you know, the person I would ask to step in on the third would be somebody from the Nature Center, mm -hmm. um, you know, to be able to share you know, the information about this. So you are the Navy's coordinator in the organization. Is there a motion to approve the recommendation with the understanding that we will all review it for basic editing purposes uh, within a week or so? And if there's no edits, I will uh, send the recommendation on uh, through our liaison uh, to uh, the commission. Is that you? Sure. <laughs> Yeah, we should probably identify. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Actually, consistently, every motion has been first by Ian and second by Sharon. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. uh, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Again? All right. So, the what do we have? Seven, two, four, six, seven. We have all seven present members. It is a unanimous yes uh, that we will send. Uh, recommendation of the Urban Bird Treaty mm -hmm. um, to the City Commission for their consideration. I guess I can put unanimously. Pending, right? yeah. Yeah. Pending, yeah. Pending, yeah. Revisions. Pending revisions. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we can we can go back to the agenda. Very cool. Um, subcommittee assignments and tasks. I wanted to review that. Also, I wanted to mention that my term is up in December. Um, so we will need a new uh, chair and possibly vice chair. So if there's any interest in uh, you know getting the agenda together every week and it's kind of some email communication uh, that you have to do, uh, you know sometimes finding finding guests to come and and speak. Um, it's a bit of work, uh, not a ton of work, um, but I'd be happy to you know help help anybody out that wants to. We'll have to kind of, you know, somebody's got to throw their, throw their hat in the ring there. And your mandate is off, off of the yeah. committee at, at, at this point. Yeah. Right. And I and I would plan to take a break too. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I don't mm -hmm. think that I'll stay on as an associate mm -hmm. uh, member. Um, take a break. And see if there's yeah. something else tonight. So, so we would need two more applicants to the committee. There will be, yeah. If yeah. we 
still got an open seat. Okay. Uh, we would have we would have two open seats. After You're the only one that's being turned off. At, at I believe so. Oh, okay. I believe so. Okay. Yeah. <coughs> um, with that in mind, uh, you want to talk about Yeah, December in the in the past, right? In the past, we have uh, not necessarily held a meeting in December due to people, you know, having holidays or whatever. Um, I know we met last. The last couple of Decembers we've met because I felt like there's been pressing stuff for us to mm -hmm. vote on or, or talk about. Um, but I'd be, I'd be, you know, open to discussing, uh, you know, dropping the December meeting. Uh, yeah, let's let's just. I just wanted to put it out there and we yeah, can kind sure. of yeah. chat about it next month. I think it's scheduled for the 21st. Yep. Yeah. That's right. Um. So let's just review subcommittee assignments again. Bobby is doing the NFT review board. Uh, Bobby and I meet occasionally to talk about air and water quality. Mm -hmm. Gail is still doing wildlife natural resource uh, protection. So Gail, Gail, can I add your name to the Kalamazoo River Watershed Council until we get somebody else? Uh, you could do that, or if somebody okay. else is like, nah, I can do it. Yeah, is anybody um, interested? They, they are partners, so I just figured in the urban bird trees. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I it, it gives me one more reason to communicate with them yeah. and just, you know, yeah. maintain a avenue of communication. But if somebody mm -hmm. else wants to sit down in the meeting, it's a very locally. it's a very interesting um, uh, group of folks. The uh, leader of the Camas uh, River Watershed Council is, has come to speak uh, to ECC before, um, specifically about the Morrow Morrow Lake. Um, Dan uh -huh. issue. Uh -huh. Any interest? Anybody taking that spot over? I'm not on one right now, so I, um, and that's something I've got a couple ideas we could do with this. So. Okay, great. Gail, you're off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is that cool? That's cool. Okay. Uh, waste management and litter. Sharon, Rob, and Jean. Right now we've got CPS continuing to go, which is yep. permanent. Thing now that you got going, so good mm -hmm. for you again. Are you still? Is that something that we're still kind of meeting on? Um, we haven't. I would like to, though. I have not. We have not successfully picked the okay. time. Okay. So we can kind of leave that. Yes. Okay. Uh, Ian, Planning Commission. Yeah. So um, I. Watch the well, hold on a second. Oh. I'm just going through oh, people, and then we'll, 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 we'll go back around. No, yeah. Are you sure. still good with, with planning commission? Sure. Gail is still going, doing the tree commission. Yeah, right? absolutely. Our tree committee. Uh, Sharon's still doing asylum yep. policy. Uh, Rob, I believe, is still visiting Parks and Rec. Uh, and, Jean, at some and, point, maybe in November, when. you can give us an update. That works for you. Let's plan on November right now. Okay. We've got a busy... A busy meeting next month. So mm -hmm. let's shoot for November for you mm -hmm. to give us. Uh, yeah, no. I took Parks and Rec. Oh, you took Parks yeah. and Rec. Yeah. Okay, was Rob here last week or yeah. last month? No, I don't think so. We haven't seen him. I don't think I've met him. Okay. No. All right. Yeah. I will let Rob know that his absence has been noted. Um, I did check with the um, uh, the Anthony Ladd for the tree committee mm -hmm. and asked uh, because Dave was interested in being a backup and if it was acceptable for me to be a backup uh, in case I wasn't able to attend the meeting. Okay. He, he did give the thumbs up on that. Okay. That uh, David would be mm -hmm. uh, yeah, off. If you, if you wanted to do that. Great. If I can't make it to okay. the meeting. Just, just let me know. 
Okay, cool. All right, well, let's get through our subcommittee reports and try to wrap things up here. Uh, Bobby, anything new from Natural Features Protection Board? Yeah, there's one. I don't have to share it, but it is on the corner of Bryant and Bedford, and this property borders uh, Portage Creek, and it's a redevelopment for housing. It involves one, two, three, four, five, uh, five or so multi-unit uh, apartment buildings uh, came before uh, NFP and for some variances there's some slope involved because it's adjoining the river so they want to modify it and sure up that slope a little bit. Um, there's enough trees in, in a contiguous area that it was is in our opinion constitutes woodland and is therefore worth uh, maintaining and there uh, they had, have adjusted their plans to accommodate that. There are some other trees that they're going to have to take out, but those are more trees in, in isolated areas to accommodate driveways and stuff. And they're actually going to, in, in, as, as the trade-off, so to speak, expand the contiguous wooded area, which is always better than an isolated tree here and there. So that is, there are a whole lot of other steps that are in the process, not just NFT, but uh, stormwater and, and everything else that they have to go through the committees. But um, this one has come before NFP and we're, uh, we've made some recommendations. They've made some changes and seems to be flowing along. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Bobby and I did not meet last week to discuss air and water quality issues. Gail, anything uh, new with wildlife and natural resources? Just sure. the urban bird shooting. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All right. that's, that's the news. Yeah. All right. Well, good job getting all that Absolutely. stuff together. Wow. You know, we appreciate your hard work with all with all of that stuff. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for the support. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sharon, you had already mentioned um, the next EPS yep. election. And Electronic has decided to continue with, um, so they also added or added on to the view from the carrier as we've got here. Um, I don't think I'll be able to do set batteries too as, as part of the electron. I oh, goodness. Not you, it's in here. Let me check. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they took them. I I had a thing of batteries. Okay, good. Last time. Good to know. I'm pretty yeah, sure that's a yeah. Thank you. Um, Sharon, just to let you know, I will not be able to make that one. Uh, my son has. He's doing basketball again, and I've got to turn it natty. All right. Yeah. Um. Uh, planning committee. Uh, yeah, planning commission. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they met on um, the 1st, and they are not having an October meeting, uh, so my job is busy next month, but uh, they reviewed Kalamazoo College is adopting a new master plan, um, and they approved that. Uh, the, the approval process was a little strange. The commission wasn't really sure exactly what they needed to sign off on <laughs> towards the end, um, but there's lots of cool stuff in there, um, some protected bike lanes, uh, on Michigan Avenue uh, before it turns into stadium. Um, some not so cool things like more parking, and but uh, overall the plan is pretty neat. And they signed off on that, and I was literally their only piece of business. So, uh, any questions? The report's interesting if you want the, the actual like master plan of it. Yeah. I mean, it's probably available online. Any update from the tree committee? Um, the, the, one of the things that we talked about uh, at the last tree committee meeting is a work that is going to be done on Ransom Street between Harrison and Westfish. So that whole corridor is going to be redone um, 
to put in sewer, you know, north new sewer pipes and water pipes. And so the whole streetscape is going to be um, basically torn up for the utilities. And there's a plan to cut all the trees, every tree on Ransom Street in that stretch. Um, so in some areas, there are really not very many trees. Um, but there, uh, I did go, as I always do, to the site and I look at each mm -hmm. tree. And um, I, I sent um, a request um, to, so they, they decided to table a decision on uh, making a decision uh, on this plan pending further review. And so I submitted um, my thoughts on which trees should at least get a second look um, with the understanding that none of the trees may be able to be saved because, you know, the work that's going to be done, um, you know, would probably most likely disrupt all the root structure. But there, you know, there are some, there are some oaks and some maples and a few other trees that, you know, if, if it's at all possible to yeah. not take these trees down, I'd like for them to at least take another look at them. Um, so, you know, that was kind of the big news from the tree committee. Was there any talk about, you know, an attempt at least to offset by offset the loss of those trees by planting elsewhere? Well, um, there's 40 some trees that are going to be removed. And so, um, yes, there, there will need to be some negotiation about what, you know, what the replacement is going to be because they will redo that whole streetscape as sort of a north side and try to make it, uh, you know, parts of that um, stretch on Ransom Street are, are really not very aesthetically pleasant. You know, there's a lot of disruption of the sidewalk and there's some stretches that are pretty barren as far as any anything goes. It's not a very friendly area, so that's there's a whole design that's being done to, and there's going to be input incorporated from the north side, you know, on how they would like this to look and the features that they would like. So there will be some trees incorporated in that new plan, and there will need to be some way to incorporate, because that in that stretch, there's not going to be the room to incorporate like 120 trees to compensate for the 40 that are coming out. Mm -hmm. So to talk about where might there be places to put elsewhere, yeah. you know, some of, you know, replace some trees in other areas, you know, maybe close by, you know, on the north side, you know, in some parks that are, you know, in that general vicinity. Yeah. So, you know, that's all, um, you know, none of that has been decided yet. Gail, just quick, when you said that, it, who, what entity was it that made that decision that all 40 would have to be removed? Um, I guess that would be the city, um, in charge of city utilities. You know, it's like a, it's a city plan to be updated and the, um, I can't remember off the top of my head the, um, the consultant of the company that, you know, was made the design for mm -hmm. the street okay. utility. Yeah, it's, a, it's a city, it's a city function, just like all, like, like Stadium Drive. 
you know, all of the work that was done on Stadium Drive and that is being done in a lot of other places in the city where the utilities are being um, upgraded. Yeah, it's all city property. Um, we, one of the biggest things was, I don't know if it was last month that we spoke about the parking situation, but the city came back and uh, said they were sticking with their original plan, basically. Um, I feel like that was the biggest thing. Um, I do have another update, though. The batteries question, yeah. uh, they are accepted, no charge, ex all of them except for alkaline batteries. Alkaline, like what's in your flesh? The old fashioned when you're on batteries. Yeah, that was just the specific answer I got. I looked it up. Just what you can say. It's just a regular A, double A's. I mean, those are regular batteries, right? So they accept. Alkalines are the disposable ones rather than the lithium rechargeables. Oh, okay. You can take them to the place. Is what I do. Yeah. Okay. Um, Parks and Rec. Yeah. So it was a pretty uh, a pretty casual meeting. So they had a meeting on site at Lacrone to check out the new splash pad that they put in over there. Um, it was their last on site meeting of the year. I guess every month they go to a new park, um, except during the winter, but it's cold. Um, there was actually some some neighbors in the area who were out at the park who just gave them a lot of ideas about the basketball courts. Um, there was a discussion about trying to leave bathrooms throughout the city and various parks open um, throughout the winter, you know, to accommodate people's needs. Um, and that was brought back to Parks and Rec to see if there was some somewhere they could strategically look at keeping some of them open and what would be the cost benefit of giving that. Um, yeah, there was also a request to um, have a new liaison from the city commission be a part of their be a part of their meeting. Um, okay. So, that's that. All right. Uh, and did you you said you went to Kelms River Watershed right. meeting? Was there anything? You know, the meeting um, essentially was a report from um, someone from EPA um, and regarding the Trowbridge Dam removal. Um, you know, which has been in the works for a while, you know, it's a collaboration between um, EPA and um, the DNR. And so they, you know, my understanding, of course, sort of jumping in without any previous backstory, um, you know, that this plan has been in place. And um, after some feedback from appropriate um, knowledgeable people, they made some adjustments and revisions to the plan. So they were going over those. It was pretty technical um, regarding stuff that I wasn't um, conversant about. And the, um, I guess the long story is that they they plan on this implementation um, over three seasons, uh, you know, working seasons, and um, that mitigation of the. Um, PCBs. Thank you. I was say a PFAS. It's like no, no, no. Before right. PFAS, um, <laughs> PCBs. Yeah. Um, you know that can't even start until 
this other work is done until the dam removal is done. Yeah. So that's still like way down the road. Yeah. But um, so anyway, th there was no there was no action or anything. It was mostly just a, a report on these these um, adjustments to the to the plan. All right, uh, last one is the Order Task Force, and I've got some notes. Um, Order Task Force met, and I went uh, in person at the beginning of August uh, this year. Just a little background, since you're, you know, if you're new on the, um, on the committee, the Order Task Force started 2019, so I think it's been going for, for three years. Um, the reason that we refer to, that we're only talking, using the word odor is, um, kind of in reference to frequent um, citations and complaints based on the rule 901 of Eagle's uh, rules, which is an odor violation. Um, uh, and so because uh, there have been so many of those odor violations over the, over the years, um, the city initiated uh, a task force, a meeting quarterly uh, with uh, Kalamazoo Water Reclamation Plant graphic packaging. Uh, there's typically somebody from Senator McCann's office, Representative Rogers' office. Uh, there was a representative from, I, I've gone to all of these meetings, um, and uh, there had been a representative from the county's Environmental Health Advisory Committee there, which is kind of analogous to the, the ECC. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Monica Brothers comes to most of these meetings as representative from EGLE. Um, so graphic packaging uh, expansion is complete, only online. They've got a little bit more landscaping work to do. Um, but other than that, all of their equipment is, is working, which means that there is a consistent amount of outflow now from that big clarifier so that the city can, the water reclamation plant can plan what to do, how to mitigate the odor coming out of that, uh, coming from that outflow. Um, they use this EnviroSuite system, which is the system of physical monitors uh, that all, all run on uh, solar power, and then there's battery backup. Um, there are currently, of those monitors, there are 17 total that Kalamazoo Water Reclamation Plant has. Um, there are six on Water Reclamation Plant property and then 11 sensors outside of that property. I know there's one at uh, Northeast Elementary. Um, Versluce Park was supposed to have an odor sensor by the end of August, so I guess that would take it to 18. Um, and there, there's one uh, uh, odor monitor sort of at the end of the valley to try to get some baseline data because, you know, we're down in the valley, so uh, some of those, those odors and chemicals will tend to sink. So they try to get baseline data um, out mm -hmm. on six and, and G Avenue. Did they mention if uh, the graphic packaging clarifier is or will be covered? No. That was one thing that came up in the MLA article. Not going to, yeah. not no, they okay. no, they reached, they never. There was never any plan to do that. Um, the way that they've just explained that in the past is that it wouldn't it wouldn't stop the source of the odors. It would. Uh, simply force all the, the all the odors to collect there. So it would kind of be uh, taking care of a symptom instead of taking care of the cause. Uh, there was an outside consultant that said it would help. Uh, Johnson something consulting? 
Yeah, Johnson and Henry uh, is the yeah the consultant that that the water reclamation plant is still working with. Okay. Um, but draft packaging, checks that advice. Okay. Um, GPI uh, grass packaging also has a system of sensors. I have a number of their sensors, but it was a it was pretty close to the same number of sensors. But of course, all of their sensors are on their their property. Um, they've been working with the EnviroSuite company. So there's the sensors, and then there's the software that the sensors feed data into. They take data from the sensors that monitor for hydrogen sulfide, and they also take in um, uh, weather information to try to get a 3D model of when and where odor, odor might be traveling. Mm -hmm. One thing to remember about the, these odor monitors is that they go from a scale of like one to a thousand. And most of the odors that we're, that they're detecting for hydrogen sulfide are at like, it's like one to a thousand parts per billion. A lot of the, the detection that, that they're doing of hydrogen sulfide is between like one and 30 parts per billion. So the, the accuracy of, of those monitors is, is kind of difficult to assess when you're getting down to the very end of, of the scale of what the, of what those, uh, monitors can can do. Um, but blaming the hardware and software for the problem doesn't really work. Well, I'm, not, the, I'm not blaming right, I know, but the software for any really, problem. Right, I'm just explaining to you how it works. Right, I'm just saying we shouldn't accept that as an excuse. They say they can't monitor because they don't have monitors. That are no, if there's a health problem and yeah. people are getting sick, we need to know right, that. that that's right. Point. But I don't know if there, I'm not aware if, if there is better monitoring equipment available. Yeah. Um, and maybe, maybe there is. I mean, I'm not an, an expert in that. You know, that the, uh, you know, Eagle and the, the, you know, air quality experts should be able to give us that information if there's, uh, you know, a better way to monitor for that. But that's kind of the crux of the question here yeah. is what level is, is harmful to health? And I don't know that there is a real clear answer on that uh, about what, where it gets, where it gets impactful for human health over the over the long term, um, because I don't. I, my understanding is that the literature on that is not crystal clear. Right, like OSHA and NIOSH set limits for workplace exposures. Right, so they have PEL for permissible exposure limits for an eight-hour workday. Indoors. Indoors in a working environment. Right. But but I don't know what kind of toxicological studies there are right. for maybe low-level exposure, but over long periods of time. Right. I, I don't know. And that's what we're hoping to get right. some clarification on from the, from the right. study from the state. Um, graphic packaging has been using peroxide and, and an oxygenation system uh, to try to mitigate odors for the last year. Um, They've been doing that on like a pilot basis, and they're going to make the oxygenation system permanent next year. Um, and they're communicating with City Kalamazoo Planning Department and the NFP as far as installing that oxygenation right. system, because that has to go through planning because it's another physical, I think, piece of gear that has to go on their right. property. Um, to the river, so that's why I called in the NFP. GPI talked about possibly pursuing a biofilter scrubber themselves. Um, with uh, water reclamation plant biofilter scrubber, which we've seen in the, the paper recently on indefinite hold. So uh, then 
the city of Kalamazoo or the water reclamation plant talked about um, the biosrubber issue that it was budgeted. City budgeted $4 million for it. The bid came in at $13 million because everything was delayed because of COVID. I'm not sure. It, my understanding from Odor Task Force is that it was a pretty clear understanding of inflation and supply chain issues. And, you know, they can't get things that they need at, you know, and the, the cost is almost tripled. And so there's not, you know, there's not the funds to be able to do that. They basically were weighing two options. Are we going to do a biofilter scrubber or are we going to um, uh, reroute the, that junction chamber where the outflow from that clarifier meets up with the city's pipes that go into the water reclamation plant? And at some point, uh, they decided to go with the bio scrubber and not do not reroute the junction chamber. Now they've changed that and they're going to do the the uh, reroute that junction chamber instead, which is what has been recommend, which was what was recommended previously before the Jones and Henry study. There was a previous study back like ten or fifteen years ago, yeah, um, that had recommended doing that back then. So you know that's good that they're that they're doing that that plan. Um, it's supposed to go to the planning commission um, to reroute that junction chamber and the NFP in first quarter of next year, uh, hopefully bidding second quarter and try to complete that construction by third quarter of, of next year. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed yeah. that that gets, that gets followed through. Um, and we're still waiting on this, this health effect, long-term health effect study from the right. Michigan Department of Health and Human Services right. to answer citizens' questions about, you know, is the air that we breathe making us sick? Because we still don't have any clear, we have not, I have not seen any clear data that makes a clear connection between right. emissions and health outcomes. Um, but it, it would be great if we could actually see that. Uh, what else? Going ahead with, uh, and they did mention the Eagle drone sampling. So water reclamation plant did know that um, there were uh, VOCs or volatile organic compounds and formaldehyde uh, detected from the Eagle drone study. That information was communicated um, to the water reclamation plant. My understanding is that those uh, chemicals were detected directly over their, um, directly over their uh, one of their facilities will be their property. Yeah, there's an OSHA thing that them to address it, which, which means it would be on the permanent right. um, And so there was communication probably in August or July between graphic packaging and the Kalamazoo Water Reclamation Plant when graphic packaging um, alerted the water reclamation plant to increase sewer odor coming onto their property. Um, and so graphic packaging, you know, using this EnviroSuite system, they detected uh, an increase in hydrogen sulfide and didn't see anywhere in their processes on their property and their, their stuff that was coming from them. And they wanted to make sure they weren't missing something. So they got a hold of the water reclamation plant and the water reclamation plant looked and it was at like three o'clock in the morning and the odor was coming from dried sewer biomass um, that gets trucked to Pontiac for disposal. What that was. Um, community wastewater collections. There is there are hydrogen sulfide monitoring. There's a monitor placed on Davis Creek and Kalamazoo River interceptors. And the um, so that's actually in the sewer line right. um, to to detect odor. Mm -hmm. 
and which is a different uh, monitoring device, I think, than the EnviroStreet monitors. And then um, the water reclamation plan, always, uh, the staff in there also discussed um, a possible passive odor scrubber, which I assume would be at less cost um, near Herbert Park, uh, possibly by the end of this year. Um, there is, the, so there's an online odor portal, which has been functional since mid-July, uh, that's, that's on the city website. So you can, you can go, citizens can go, if they uh, detect an odor or are feeling sick and think that the odor is making them sick, that if they feel it's you know, something airborne, they can go to the city's website and look to see a, a, a 3D model, real-time model of uh, what, what odors were, were moving when. Um, I think that just uh, that does it uh, for that. Any questions? So many. And this might even be totally aside from this particular item, but is graphic packaging? I'm sorry, this is Emily. Um, is graphic packaging paying any sort of premium or cost for these um, additional technologies that the city is picking up now as, as a result of their monitoring. Say, say that again. I'm not so it sounds, like the, it sounds like the city is um, absorbing a lot of additional costs to make these sewer upgrades, these plant upgrades. Oh, these graphic costs. packaging is not paying for to reroute the that junction chamber. That is city-owned property or city-owned stuff, right. but it's on, but it's under there, it's under graphic packaging parking lot. Right. So graphic packaging has to clear out of that area and the city will have to dig 25 feet down into the, uh, into their uh, parking lot to reroute that junction chamber. And replacing that junction chamber with this connection, uh, graphic packaging is now the only entity that will have access to that sewer. It's, so the, it's exclusively for their use. It's the only thing that's going in there right now. And that's part of why they're making the switch. The junction box uh, was like a multi-outlet uh, or in, inlet. Right. So now they only have a single inlet. So it only comes from graphic packs. Right. And they're reducing the size of it, too, because that was a big part of what was making, what's creating the odor, is that the pipe was too big for the amount of fluid that was going in there and it allows gas to build up. So now they're going to right size that pipe so it it ideally would allow less gas to build up and then escape into the atmosphere. Any other questions? So the rerouting, it's going, this is Sharon, this is going to be that important though. Um, the rerouting going to wastewater treatment plant. Mm -hmm. So, are they doing additional testing of what's going through there for what's coming because of what will eventually come out of there um, because of this rerouting from another corporation? Is the water reclamation plant going to do additional testing yeah. of what's coming in? Yeah. Um, make there's, sure. there's already, they already have, that stuff's already in place. They, they're, you know, check, checking that water right. to see. I think that's kind of what Melissa does. Is I would feel, monitor. yeah, so they can, can you answer? Yeah. yeah, that's that's already Yeah, so they do that specifically for, because of other corporations. So 
due to this rerouting, would that add another thing that they're doing specifically? I'm really not a part of those conversations. Okay. I really wouldn't give you an accurate I don't think so. Okay. I mean, that outflow is already, what's coming out of that clarifier and into the municipal water system is already being monitored. Right. They're simply changing the size of the pipe. Right. And what, okay. a, what a company generates or discharges to the municipal sewer system, there are laws, limits, quantities, all those things that have to, parameters that have to be in compliance with what you are permitted to discharge. And you have, and there is testing and or accounting and other requirements that, that you are required to do to document that you are in compliance with what you say you're, you're putting out. So are they not having more because of the bigger infrastructure that's going through there? I guess think of it like this. I can put two gallons a minute down a pipe this big, and most of that pipe is full of those two gallons a minute that's going at my flow rate. I can also put that same two gallons per minute flow rate down a two-foot diameter pipe, and but the water is just a little bit at the bottom, and the rest of that pipe is not being used by the, the liquid flow, but is full of gas. And it's better to have a, that two gallons a minute flowing through a, a properly sized small pipe where it's pretty much all full of the liquid and not much headspace for gas because it's the gas that's the problem. Okay. Does that answer your question? Not exactly. But okay. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, that's cool to know. No. <laughs> well, say it again. Uh, I'm going to, uh, I have, I'll, I'll ask other people. I'll okay. figure this out. Yeah. Okay. Try, maybe say, come back. They, they assess the quantity mm -hmm. and the, what's in it. So we yeah. If, if necessary to meet the wastewater treatment standard, they may ask for pre-treatment. Mm -hmm. So they have Because, like, yeah, I would assume they have a way of knowing what their specific stuff is compared to everyone else's, because I know they do that for other corporations. Mm -hmm. okay. Any other questions? All good. Those are yours. Do we have any other callers waiting to make public comments? <laughs> I didn't see anything on Facebook either, so Good. I think we're in the clear. Nothing's ringing. Okay. Okay. Uh, any other comments for the good of the order? Good to know. Yep, yeah. good to know. All right. Well, we are adjourned. Thank you. Very good. Very good.